Welcome to the Sisterhood of Limitless Living podcast, season four. This podcast is dedicated to public health professionals and community leaders to help you through integrative wellness and well-being through the power of the mind. Join us as we discuss those intersections between what public health is, what the public health future can look like, how to build resilience and strength and healing for ourselves and others as we continue to serve in this field of public health and wellness. To learn more about us, visit our website at sl3podcast.com. We hope you enjoy this episode. We invite you to join us on March 1st, 2023, as we host our Public Health Career Fair. This career fair event is designed for early career, mid-career, and executive level job seekers. We'll also be featuring talks on our main stage about interview practices, resume design, and finding your ideal career. We'll also be talking about entrepreneurial options as well. To learn more, visit publichealthpodcasters.com slash career fair. We look forward to seeing you there. Welcome to this episode of the Sisterhood of Limitless Living podcast. I'm your host, Dr. April Moreno. It's sunny and it's really nice outside, but today is one of those fatigue days that some of us in the chronic illness space do live with, but um, just getting a lot of great work done just with a lot of rest. I'm your host, Dr. April Moreno, and today we're going to be talking about epigenetics and wellness for public health. That first of all, our thoughts impact our environment. And in the recent graphic that I created for Instagram that we'll be sharing for this podcast episode, it is also about how what we are within also creates what happens externally and in our community. So it's a really interesting time because we're talking about a lot of kind of what we used to call like new agey metaphysical uh, concepts, but we're starting to see more and more that they are making a lot of sense and we can actually see them in actual like science, physics, wavelength, quantum mechanics, and so on. So it's a really interesting time. And the Sisterhood of Limitless Living podcast is our way of transforming or translating that into public health impact because we're here to serve. We're here to make the world literally a more inhabitable, a better place for quality of life. And um, if you're part of the team of public health professionals who does believe in this movement, we just love the work that you do to support public health because this is what really matters. A culture of kindness, a culture of support, and a culture of healing from within. How is it in a graphic that I share that I mentioned that a public health organization within that is not doing well would be able to serve and provide healing and wellness and well-being to the environment and the communities that they serve. It wouldn't make sense. SL3, the Sisterhood of Limitless Living, is here for our public health caregivers and anyone who really cares about well-being for people, the environment, and the world, and the universe and um, we're here, here to cultivate that and support that for you, with you. One of the things that we wanted to talk about today is that fact that our thoughts do impact our environment. So when we think about us as individuals who work in the field of public health or caregiving or healthcare, or whatever it is we do to serve others, how you start your day, the way that you approach your circumstances, the way that you think about daily living, 
if you're beginning with thoughts of joy and gratitude and love for one another, love for mankind, humankind, and well-being for others, overall goodness and humanitarian living, this actually can change the structure of your environment. So uh, there is an interesting article or actual researcher, Masaru Emoto, who has done some really amazing studies on the way that our thoughts literally produce energy and produce physical um, appearance, manifestations of what those thoughts look like. So, I mean, from the most practical of things, like when I think I have an idea of a conference or a workshop or an event, it begins in the mind, right? You're thinking about it, and then you have a great feeling about it, you're excited about it, and then that gives you the motivation to begin to write it down, you know, putting it into words, writing it down, and then actually seeing it come to fruition uh, in sometimes in very tangible ways. A lot of it does begin from the thoughts and the feelings that we have. So Masaru Emoto, his work was on thoughts and the resulting molecular structure of water crystals. You can see some of those in some of the articles online, some of the work that's been done by this Professor Emoto. And the crystals show you can have beautiful images of um, crystal like snowflake designs. And then others are more disjointed and more scattered and more chaotic looking, depending on the types of thoughts that were projected onto these water droplets, these crystals. It's really interesting. So thoughts of joy, peace, happiness, and love created crystals that look like snowflakes, things that we actually enjoy looking at uh, in correspondence with our thoughts. And then the crystals that were uh, shared through anger or negative thoughts, worry, fear, they look a lot more jagged. They look a lot more harsh. And um, it really does uh, align with the feeling of what we would perceive, let's say, like a, a storm or a snowstorm, something that's very dangerous and scary and uh, harsh. Those are the images of the actual ice crystals that resulted from thoughts of fear thoughts of anger, and so on. So it is really interesting, the difference between healing and destructive thoughts. So today I also want to talk a lot about epigenetics. And what is epigenetics? It is really about the way that the external environment impacts our bodies, impacts our genes. How do our behaviors, how, do our, how does our environment create changes? So you can have a genetic predisposition to a disease or something that um, you know impacts your quality of life, but it doesn't always have to be activated, right? It doesn't necessarily. So if you have a marker, biomarker for, you know, a disease that could cause uh, devastation and harm to the body, it may or may not become activated. And epigenetics is emerging as a field of how our thoughts and behaviors can impact our quality of life, our genes, our expression for disease or healing or youth or aging and so on. It is a really fascinating time to understand the impact of our environment. So today with the Sisterhood of Limitless Living, we're talking a little bit about how we think from within and how it results in our environment. But likewise, how does our environment impact the way we are living and our quality of life and impacting our thoughts and behaviors? There is bi-directional 
uh, impact of what's going on around us. We are impacted by what we, and you know, this is no surprise in the field of public health, the social determinants, the environmental determinants of health, the commercial determinants and the political determinants of health and so on. Our external environment does impact the way we live and our quality of life. But likewise, how do we choose to filter? How do we choose to proactively decide what to accept, what to absorb, and what not to absorb? How do we protect and shield ourselves from whether it be a literal mask to air filters in the home, especially in communities that have really poor air quality? How can we protect ourselves? How can we protect our loved ones in our communities from the dangers of environmental toxins, for example? So there is just so much that we can talk about today in terms of epigenetics and how it really does impact the way that our genetic expression, the way that our bodies are going to respond to what's out there. But likewise, I want to start again with what we began to talk about about the thoughts from within, the ideas and the concepts within, and the circle of how public health professionals must begin a culture of healing from within if they're going to be able to effectively make change to those huge problems that we continue, continuously are seeing challenges to, like obesity, type 2 diabetes, hypertension, blood pressure, stroke, and so on. And, you know, I will add the asterisk there that autoimmune disease is continuing to emerge. So how can we, if you cannot heal yourself, if you are not cultivating a community of wellness from within, how is it that a public health agency or organization of healers, how are you effectively going to do the same for your community? I give you that food for thought and give you that opportunity to really contemplate how can you be an agent for healing and change. So that is really what this episode is about. Um, going back to this graphic that I had uh, put together on Masaru Emoto and the water crystals, the way we feel, the thoughts of gratitude and joy. So, you know, it's not everything, but it is a great start to begin to protect yourself, protect your mind and your body. How do adverse events impact our lives. So uh, some of us are coming into public health as hurt people. Hurt people can hurt other people if we don't resolve, we don't come to peace and come to a, a moment of growth and acceptance in that healing journey. So how do your adverse childhood or other trauma traumatic experiences impact the way you're treating other people in your public health organization? So healing, renewal, and equity are still very much needed in our departments and in our communities. How can you as a public health professional go out into the community and cultivate healing, begin from within? So how can organizations develop programs for wellness? Um, there's a recent organizational document from the Public Health Service, and it is about toxic work environments. And it wasn't directly um, aimed at public health professionals or healing. It's actually just on workplace mental health and well-being in general. This is the 2022 Surgeon General's Framework for Workplace Mental Health and Well-Being, and it has uh, six different pillars in it. Site on well-being and mental health. Workplace mental health and well-being. If you go to hhs.gov slash Surgeon General 
uh, slash priority slash workplace dash well-being uh, slash index. Our workplaces play a significant role in our lives. Um, the COVID pandemic brought the relationship between work and well-being into clearer focus. And I agree with that. It's just really interesting because this is, again, for um, workplaces in general. Okay, the the booklet is back up. It was gone for a little while. Looks like there have been some, perhaps some edits to it. And there is a framework for six pillars of workplace mental health and well-being. There are five essentials, but the center is on work worker voice and equity. Protection from harm is the first one here. And it's on prioritizing workplace physical and psychological safety. Connection and community is another one. Inclusion and belonging, trusted relationships, teamwork and collaboration. The third one is on work-life harmony. So how can we have more autonomy on how work is done? I love what uh, Sarah Wright mentioned, uh, one of our friends uh, from the People's Public Health Conference and Guerrilla Public Health, how you can have more autonomy on how your work is done to serve people and making that impact that really matters to help save lives. Mattering at work, providing that living wage, engaging people in workplace decisions, building a culture of gratitude and recognition and connecting people with the organization's mission. And then finally, opportunities for growth, offering quality training, education, and mentoring. Mentoring, I don't hear that word so often in the public health organizational space. Mentoring is crucial. Fostering clear, equitable pathways for career advancement and relevant reciprocal feedback. There's so much here that is designed for workplaces in general, but being in a public health profession, a profession of healing, a profession of wellness, social determinants of health protection, uh, promotion, and so on, health education, shouldn't we begin with these cultures from within? So that's really what I wanted to talk about today and how public health must cultivate more healing from within if we are to more effectively redefine what wellness and quality of life is to look like for the public. How, again, are we going to solve huge problems in public health challenges? It begins in the mind. It begins in healing from adverse childhood events. It begins from healing, going through that journey and that process from PTSD or other stressors and trauma that we live with so that we're not hurt people hurting other people. And so how can we cultivate mind-body wellness for public health? This is a major question, and today we provided some solutions. I encourage you and I challenge you as public health professionals, healers, healthcare professionals to make those steps and contemplate those six pillars of what the Surgeon General's report is saying. They are great things, they're great sound bites, but let's see some action taking place. If you're in need of healing right now as a healer, public health professional, I do also invite you to join us at our upcoming event that's going to be taking place February the 18th at 12 Pacific. This is a Saturday. It's three hours of integrative health and wellness for public health and healthcare providers. In this workshop, we'll be guiding you through the principles of integrative health and wellness, how to gain that overall balance in your life for contemplative change. Um, going through a self-assessment of integrative wellness needs. We'll go through a mind-body wellness exercise in terms of body scan, visualization, and mindfulness for relaxation. 
We'll go through some journaling, share discussions on those insights with our community attending that day, and then looking at your conclusion and your next steps to taking action for healing from within so that you can be a more effective and healing force in the field of public health and healthcare and caregiving wellness. So do join us. We'll find out more at publichealthpodcasters.com slash events. And registration is on Eventbrite. The tickets are only $65 for three hours of healing exercises. We brought it down from 85. So please consider joining us as we cultivate new cultures of healing and well-being so that public health can be well. Let's bring public health into the workforce. Thank you for listening. I welcome your comments and feedback on the podcast and on these topics of integrative and interconnected health. Feel free to reach me at info at publichealthpodcasters.com or visit us at our website at sl3podcast.com.